over here to Judges chapter 21, 24, and 25. It says this, then the people of Israel departed by tribes and families, and they returned to their own homes. Now listen to this. In those days, Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. I want to read that last portion again. It says, and in those days, Israel had no king and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would take this word and that you would challenge us. Make us feel uncomfortable, Lord God. Help us to see what you want us to see through the scriptures today so that we can receive the things that you have for us. You are a good, good father. And I want this church to not only sing that in worship, but to believe that in their hearts. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Now in Judges, when you study this out and you read the book of Judges and you see all that God did uh, in the land, in in the, the scriptures here, Israel was in a place of turmoil. They'd just come out of a civil war. They had turned on one of the tribes, the tribes of Benjamin, and they, they were having infighting. But as that got settled and, 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 and as peace came over the land, because there was no king, the Bible says that the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And as I was reading this, it really stood out to me, this is the problem that we have in much of Christianity today. The people don't know Jesus as king. See, we've been preached to so many times that Jesus is savior. There's one way to get to heaven, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. And so we approach Jesus and we get to know him as our savior. But then we progress a little bit. And as we grow in our faith, we begin to learn that not only is Jesus our savior, but he's our healer. And then we progress a little more and we hear good preaching and we sing worship songs that say Jehovah Jireh, which means he's our provider. And we get to know him in these, in these facets, in these ways, and we get to know him as Elohim, the creator. But the revelation that I believe Christians lack in America today is we don't know Jesus is king. 
And so we have no fear of Jesus. And so we go to church, but we live our lives like we're in charge. And this scripture could be said of us today, that in these days, because the church had no king, the Christians did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And guys, this could be the problem that you're facing right now. This could be the thing that is keeping you from the best that God has to offer you. I'm tired of seeing people that are supposed to be blessed live less than what they should be experiencing. It shouldn't be that our divorce rate in the church is just as high as in the world. Our kids shouldn't be as messed up as the kids that are in the world. We shouldn't be losing our families. We should be experiencing the blessing of God. We should be advancing. Our businesses should be more blessed than those that don't even know Jesus. Believers in Christ should be the ones getting the promotions and moving forward and experiencing life in incredible ways. But you know what I see a lot of time? I see a lot of people trying to serve God by what seems right in their own eyes. And what I've come to realize is this. It's because we, we love Jesus and we've come to know him as savior. We've come to know him as healer, as provider, as creator, all these things. But what we don't know him uh, enough about him is that he's this, he's a king. Now in America, we really don't understand what that word king means, right? Because we're a democracy for the people, by the people. You know, that, that's what we're about. In a democracy, we have a voice, amen? And don't get me wrong, it's, it's a great system of government. It's what makes America, you know, what it is. We have a voice, we can vote. If you don't like the president these next four, these four years, then we can vote in another one. Not that we're getting great, you know, choices. But at least we can vote. Amen. Pray, pray for America. Pray for America. But, but, but see, we understand that we have a voice in a democracy. But what we don't understand that is in a kingdom, the king has the voice. In a kingdom, the king, what the king says, that's what the law is. In a kingdom, whatever the king has is yours. And whatever you have is the king's. Now, history has shown us in, in, in the natural, in the world, that that's not a great system of government for us. You could study history and, and study all the empires. And usually it doesn't work very good because man is flawed. We cannot handle that kind of authority. It, it just doesn't work. You know, uh, it goes to our king's head. And next thing you know, they're passing crazy laws and taking things from people. But here's the thing. God's not like that. God is not a wicked king. He's a good king. God is not a king that looks to rule over you and take from you. He is a king that is looking to give to you and bless you. And the book of Psalms has a lot to say about how a righteous king can bless the people. It says that when a righteous king is in office, the people rejoice. 
And you need to understand this. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you got to get to know Jesus as king. Because some of you in this room, you don't know Jesus as king. And so you're trying to serve him according to what you deem right in your own eyes. And I see this all the time. It is so frustrating many times. And we don't, we don't understand. The reason we do this, can I, can I just be 100% honest with you? The reason we have a hard time acknowledging Jesus as king is because we don't know him. See, some of y'all, y'all just know church. Y'all just know God through your mama's religion, through what your daddy told you. But you don't know Jesus as king. And so because you don't know him as king, you have no king. And so what you begin to do, you begin to live your life according to, seems what, to, according to what seems right in your own eyes. And that's why we get the mess that we get in Christianity. Because don't nobody want to submit to the king. And so I talk to people all the time. I talk to singles and, and, and I'll be like, hey, how's, how's life going? How's life treating you? Oh, it's going good. And, and, and a singles will step to me and say, hey, pastor, I need to let you know something. What's up? I'm dating somebody. And they always come and they're kind of nervous about sharing that. But you need to know this, singles. If you're going to step to your pastor, you're going to tell me and you're going to introduce me to a boyfriend or let me know that you're dating somebody. I'm always going to ask you three questions. Can I help you today? First question I'm going to ask you is, is he a Christian? Because the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that you and I are not supposed to be yoked with unbelievers. You know who wrote that? The king. And in the kingdom, in the kingdom, that's law. That's written for you and I to follow. And if I call Jesus Christ Lord, and if I know him, I don't have a problem submitting to his word. I remember at 19 years old, I, I learned that. I said, cool. Jesus, you saved me. You forgave me. If that's what your word says, I, I, I'm out the game. Handed in my card. Handed in my play a card. Come on. There it is, God. I'm out. Boys called me on Friday. Hey, we going out. We're going to the second level. Some of y'all don't remember the second level. We're going to the Davis graduate. Oh, some of you know that one. You was there a couple weeks ago. Amen. I don't know if that's still around. Uh, We're going out. And I'll be no player. I ain't going. Why? That ain't, I ain't about that life no more. Not about that life. Hey, man, I want to set you up with so-and-so. And I knew she wasn't a Christian. I'm good, bro. Why? Well, come on, man. What's the matter? Nah, man, I'm good. I ain't about that life no more. She's fine, is she? No, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she may be fine, but I serve a king now. And he's a good king. And I choose to submit to his word because I'm following him. It's so easy and so simple. But you know what we have in the church? We got people that are, well... The way I see it, see, that's your problem. You are doing what is right in your own eyes because you don't have a king. You don't know Jesus is king. You think you still got options. 
And so what do we do? So I meet with these, I meet these singles and the pastor, you know, I'm dating someone. I'm always going to ask you three questions. Number one, is he a Christian? Is he a Christian? And they usually say, oh yeah, he's a Christian. But I've come to learn that that don't mean nothing. I'm going to mess up some game today, but I'm going to give you ladies some game. You ready for this? I'm, gonna me- I'm blowing up some of you guys game today, but I-, I need to do it for the sisters in the house. Guys will say anything to get you. They will change religions for a pretty face, for some lips, hips, and fingertips. Come on. This fool knows good and well he don't know Jesus. He smell like weed, doesn't he? Got Hennessy on his breath. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So then I always ask the second question. Well, where does he go to church? And ladies, you should ask that second question. Don't be impressed. Do not be impressed because he says he's a Christian. Ask him, well, where do you go to church? They'll always usually say the most famous church in town, right? First Baptist, Creekside, Bayside, they know all the famous churches. So don't be impressed by that either. So then there's a third question I always ask. Well, what's his pastor's name? (laughs) Ladies, if you're dating somebody, he says he's a Christian, says he goes to such and such church, ask him the third thing. Well, what's your pastor's name? Because usually they don't know their pastor's name. Oh, um, Pastor uh, Smith or something like that. Pastor John Johnson, Reverend, Reverend John, fool, you don't know. And if you don't know your pastor's name, you don't go to church. And if you don't go to church, you're probably not a Christian. So I'm always going to ask those three questions, but, you know, singles will walk away from me being like, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but this is how I see it. And I do what is right in my eyes. And you do that because you don't know Jesus is king. But it ain't just the singles. It ain't just the singles. We got couples that don't follow God's word. They don't follow God's word. Here's here's another good one. I always get, I get this a lot. Hey, pastor, can we meet? Yeah, what's up? I just want to talk to you about smoking weed. That's an interesting conversation to have. You offering me some? What? No, nah, Pastor, but I've been coming to church a while, you know, and, you know, the way I see it, what seems right to me is that, you know, and then they start preaching to me. In the book of Genesis, Pastor, the Bible says that God created the herb of the field. Hey. And the way I see it, Pastor, is like, if weed comes from the ground and God created it, it's natural. What's the big deal of me getting high? See, it all begins to happen again. Because the way I see it, it seems right to me that I can have a little puff, puff, pass. 
And so then I got to begin to tell them, well, let me tell you something. You know, the Bible says in the New Testament that you and I are to be sober-minded. Sober-minded. And, and, and who wrote that? The king. And so what that means is the king doesn't want you and I to not be sober. And then I always got to get deeper with it. And I say, you know what? In the Greek, you know what that word sober means in the Greek? It means sober. <laughs> Ain't no hidden meaning. It means to be sober, which means not to be under the influence of anything, whether it's strong drink, whether it's drugs, or whether it's weed. Case closed. But not to them. But not to them. Well, you know, I don't see it like that because you don't have a king. See, if you had a king, you would understand that the king makes the rules, that makes the laws. And if you're going to be in the kingdom, you follow what the king says. But you don't have a king. So you're going to come to church without a king and you're going to do whatever is right to you. That is why you've been coming to church, but you still sleep around. You still sleep with your girlfriend. And your justification is, well, the way I see it is we're in love. And, the, and this is a great one they always throw at me, too. Well, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're not legally married, but, you know, we're, we're you know, we, we still love each other. You know, we have like a civil marriage. <laughs> we're just not married in the eyes of court. Well, then you're not married. Well, yeah, but we love each other, you know, and, 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 and we, you know, see, in their own eyes, it seems right. And I'll never be, I'll never be able to convince you otherwise. That's why you've been coming to church five years, six years, but you're still living like that. And you hear the word every week, but you don't change. You know why? Because you don't have a king. And you'll know the truth, but it'll never be able to set you free until you understand what being a follower of Jesus Christ is about. He is king. He makes the word. And if you have a problem with that, this is where the test comes in. If it troubles you to submit to Jesus and his ways, it simply means this, you don't know him. Because if you knew Jesus, like I knew Jesus, Jesus, take all my money, take all my time. Jesus, whatever you want is yours because I have come to know I cannot outgive you. And if you take all my money, you're going to give me twice what I gave. If you take all my time, you're going to bless me. If you take whatever I give you, Lord, I know I can trust you. And Lord, if you ever tell me no, I know it's for my own benefit because see, I know Jesus. Some of you don't know him. You know church. You ever meet somebody that says they know somebody, but they really don't? They know their auntie. Met a dude one time tried to tell me, oh, I, I know Drake. I said, fool, you don't know Drake. He said, oh, yeah, I know Drake. Uh, my, my mom and his sister, my mom is his auntie and this and that. I said, fool, that don't mean you know Drake. That means you know somebody that knows him. And that's how Christians are. 
See, some of you know Pastor Sergio. And I tell you about Jesus. But you ain't never taken the time to meet him for yourself. And so that's why you're in here in the church service like this and you're always fighting against the word. And you're sitting there going, well, I don't really know. I see what pastor's saying, but I don't really know. <laughs> because you don't know Jesus. I know you go to church five, six, seven, ten years. I know you was raised in church. Guys, must we always be reminded that there was a time when Jesus preached and said there will be a time at the gates of heaven where people step to him expecting to be led into the pearly gates and he has to tell them, depart from me, I never knew you. And those people begin to give God their resume. No, 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 Jesus, don't you remember? I casted out devils. I prophesied in your name. I went to church every Sunday. I was a part of Elevate Life Church. I was an usher. And Jesus has to come and still say, Depart from me. I never knew you. It's in the Bible. Some of us are in for a shocking awakening. Because you must take the time to meet Jesus. I can always tell somebody that's met Jesus. Because we don't have a problem obeying his word. We're not going to sit in these pews. Like if some of you, you've been going to church 10 years and you still don't tithe. Like, wow. Wow. Do you not, have you not yet learned that the tithe is not something bad, it's something good. It is the key to God's abundance. And yet some of it, we, we still fight in God because you don't know Jesus. Because if you would meet him, you would see how good he is how generous he is, you wouldn't dare think of withholding what is his against him. You would be like, this is what it means to follow Jesus? I'm in. Take my 10%, and Lord, when you need anything else, I'm here for it. Oh, Charles needs some, we need to bless that young man for playing the drums? Get my checkbook, because I want to be a blessing. When there's others that go to church, I don't know. The way I see it is, you know, the tithe is Old Testament. Get out of here with that. Come on. You stingy and you don't know God. And we make excuses, guys. We make excuses. But what I want, to ca- I want you to catch today is this. When you have problems obeying God's word, it's because you have not met Jesus as king. 19 years old when I gave my life to Jesus and I was so grateful. Many of you know my testimony. I was so thankful. Sorry. I was so grateful that he forgave me because I knew better. My parents taught me better. And I shut my ears to them. And I started living a life. I walked away from God. And when I came back to him, and I had made the mistakes I made, the fact that he forgave me, the fact that he took me back, the fact that he gave me another chance, I met Jesus, and he showed me how loving he could be. And then time and time again after that, I would mess up trying to walk, trying to follow God, 
find myself back in situations doing the same sins. And God forgave me every time. I encountered God's mercy, his goodness. I began to say, God, how could I not serve you with my life? And I began to read the word and I began to know this word is here to protect me, to bless me, to guide me. And I began to adopt the mantra, if God's word says it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. And my arguments with God stopped. And I began to tithe. I began to serve. I began to go to church whenever the doors were open. I began to quit making excuses. I began to stop dating women because at that time I couldn't handle it. I, got, I, I said, man, God, you need to fix me before I ever date somebody. I need to get things right in my life. And I began to read the word and the word began to tell me you don't sleep with somebody that's not their, your wife. Didn't Beyonce even tell you? If you ain't going to put a ring on it, come on. Some of you can't you didn't even hear preaching from Beyonce. Amen. Come on, you know the move. Come on. But you didn't obey that even. I began to read in the Bible. I began to see if this is what it is. I began to adopt that mantra. If the word says it, I believe it. That settles it. I just began to do it. Oh, I'm not supposed to be sleeping around? Then I better stop. Period. Not, well, what if you love somebody? What if you truly love somebody? Then you marry them. And then you sleep with them. Well, I began to read in the Bible. Well, the, the tithe, I ain't got no problem with that because the, the Bible also tells me if I tithe, the windows of heaven will be open. God will bless me. Boom, settled. Because I know Jesus. Are you, are you tracking with me today? And then I reached a point in my walk where at the time I was going to become a commercial artist. I love to draw. Was I that good? I was I. Just I, you know, I wasn't even all right. I was I. You, some of y'all know there's a difference. But I love to draw. So I enrolled at Sac City College. I was taking courses to become a commercial artist because I didn't want to be a broke artist. So I wanted to make some money with it. So I began to take courses, and that was the road I was on. And I've told you the story a million times. And one day I'm spending time in God. I'm re- with God. I'm, I'm reading Matthew chapter 28. The scriptures jump out at me. And God shows me an open vision of going to the nations. And he begins to reveal to me that he's called me to be a pastor. 19 years old, I couldn't even keep my room clean. I was so messed up. I barely graduated high school. Now God gives me this, this opportunity. And he gives me the choice. Do you want to serve me? Now here's what most of us do. We don't understand that there's a divine exchange. There's a divine exchange in the kingdom. When you are in the kingdom and you understand Jesus is king, whatever you have is the king's. But here's the blessing in that. Whatever he has now becomes yours. We don't understand that. This is why some of you have the philosophy in your marriage. What's mine is mine. And what's yours is mine. Y'all ever heard that? Some of y'all get married like that. That's a problem. It don't work like that. What's yours is his. Come on. And what's his is yours. But here's the thing. You don't want to give up what's yours. You got a $10 bill. God's got a $10 billion bill. 
And yeah, there's 10, 10 billion dollar bills. Y'all didn't know that? I'm making it up anyways. He got a $10 billion bill. You got a $10 bill. And you talking about, no, I want this. Because you don't know Jesus. If you knew Jesus, it's his very nature. When you give him something, he gives you something back, greater quality, quantity, and kind. But you don't know Jesus. And so what do we do? We live, we live following Jesus like this. What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. God, this is my life. But can I have yours too? God, this is my blessing, but I need your blessings too. So give me your blessings too. And God's going, wait a minute, you don't understand. I'm the king, not you. I call the shots, not you. You got to meet Jesus as king. Because when you meet Jesus as king, you understand that whatever I give him, he gives me what is his. I learned this at 19 years old. And I began to say, God, I want a godly wife. And God said, well, then you're going to have to give me your way of doing things. I was like, what? He says, yeah, I don't want you to date anymore because it has not worked out for you, has it? I'm like, well, I guess not. Because every time you date somebody, you mess up. So give me that. You know how hard that was for me at 19 years old? It was difficult. It was difficult. But you know what I did? I said, okay, God, you're the king. And I trusted that because I was willing to do it God's way, the king, because I know Jesus, I knew he was going to bless me. And can I tell you something? I'm not just saying this because she's here. She's rolling her eyes. Sure you're not. <laughs> but he gave me the best wife. Amen. Look at some of you ladies, you can't clap. Some of the ladies are, she ain't the best. She ain't, I'm better, you don't know. Listen, the best for me, all right? Let me put that right so some of you ladies can calm down, amen? In a competition, the best for me. No, and I mean that, I mean that. But you know what the price was for her? I had to do it God's way. I could have never did that if I never knew Jesus the King. And I'm just telling you, the reason why some of you have such a hard time obeying, you only know Jesus is Savior, Jesus is provider, but you better meet him as King. Because if you don't meet him as King, you're going to keep doing what seems right to you. And you'll always fall short. This is why some of you, because you live like that, you go back to drinking. Some of you going back to drinking. You're a Christian. You, God delivered you from alcohol. And now you're saved 10 years and you're like, well, it's all right if I just, you know, have a little throwback here. Is it? Is it? Well, the way I see it, see, that's your problem. That's your problem. Man, when you meet Jesus as Lord, he makes the rules. And you don't have a problem submitting to them. Well, pastor, pastor, drinking ain't a sin. It ain't about sin. It's about obedience. Why would God be okay with something that was destroying you? Oh, and now it's okay? Well, because I'm not getting drunk. Sure you're not. You ever notice sometimes when you're drunk, you don't know it? Now, let me say it like this. You ever notice when you're drunk, you never know it? It's always people around you got to be like, man, fool, you drunk. 
No, I'm not. Give me my keys. And that's why you got a DUI. Two DUIs. Three DUIs. Anybody with four? Anybody with nine? We've been talking about loving yourself before I left. And so much more I want to get into, and I'll, comp- uh, I'll complete this next week if you're brave enough to come back. But what it comes down to, Jesus made it clear. He made it clear in the book of John. John chapter 12, verse 25. Jesus said it like this, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He said it in the Passion Translation like this, John 12, 25. The person who loves his life and pampers himself, listen, will miss true life. That's what it says in the Passion Translation. He who loves his life and all he's interested in is pampering himself, you're missing it. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. But you can't do that if you don't know Jesus is king. John 15, 13 in the Passion Translation says this, for the greatest love of all, come on Whitney Houston, I hear it in my head, for the, the, I'm not going to sing it though. George, you want to sing it? No, there he goes right there. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Guys, this is what Jesus did for us. And all he asks in return is that you do it for him. And we keep, we keep fighting it. We keep trying to stay alive. Well, I don't want to go to church every Sunday. This is the way I see it. This is the way we do it. I don't think you need church to serve God. Well, what does the word say? It tells us in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourself. Jesus said this, the thing that I am building in the earth is the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If Jesus is building this church or the church in in general, don't you think you should be a part of it? If the church is literally referred to as the body of Christ, don't you think you should be in it? If the church is also referred to as the bride of Christ, the thing that Jesus loves the most, shouldn't you be a part of it? Oh, no, no, no. The way I see it is you don't need church to serve Jesus. See, that's the problem, the way you see it. I want to close this today and I want to pray for you because it's time that you recognize Jesus as king. He's a good king. He did not come to the earth to make your life miserable. He is not a miserly king. He is not somebody that is going to take everything you got and leave you with nothing. He's a righteous king who rules with your well-being in mind. He rules with a father's heart. And anything he asks of you, it's only because he has something better for you. But will you choose to submit to him. I'm going to get more into this in the weeks to come as we're talking about loving yourself because I am just perturbed at the use of the word kingdom in everything. I got a kingdom business. Do you? 
I'm kingdom man. I talk to Dell about this all the time because he's got kingdom clothing. I said, Dell, if you're going to rock kingdom clothing, it better be kingdom. And in a kingdom, you and I don't make the rules. We submit to the word. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.